a successful minister if you are not successful in prayer. See, oh, glory to his name. I want us to look at something else now along the same lines. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting feedback. That was Brother Joseph. Thank you. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 21 Jeremiah 10 verse 21 <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 21 Glory, 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 glory Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 21 He says this He says for the pastors are become what? Brutish. You know what it means to be brutish? It means to be dull-hearted, to be insensitive, to lack sensitivity. He says, the pastors have become brutish. Why? He says, and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper. He says, because they are brutish, because they have not sought the Lord, that means because they have not prayed. He said, they shall not prosper. Oh, what a scripture this one is. He says, for the pastors have become brutish. They have become, they have lacked spiritual sensitivity. And then he says, and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper. And look at the last part of that of this verse, which is very, very, very alarming. He says, and all their flocks shall be scattered. <sighs> so touchy. He says all their flocks will be scattered. The pastor wonders, he does follow-up, he does visitation, yet the people are not coming. The question is, have you sought the Lord? The question is, is your heart, is your spirit, is your spirit sensitive to the Spirit of God? He says here, because the pastors have become brutish and have not sought the Lord, he says they shall not prosper. And it's not just say they shall not prosper as pastors. They shall not prosper. It's in general. They will not prosper in life. They will not prosper in ministry. These are the ones who end up saying that ministry is hard. Why? Because they're not prospering. Why are they not prospering? They are not prayerful. He says, because they have not sought the Lord, therefore they shall not prosper. You want to prosper in ministry. You want to prosper in life. You must seek the Lord. You want to, your spirit to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You need to spend quality time with the Holy Spirit. You need to spend quality time with the Holy Spirit. Okay. We're talking about prayer. What is prayer? Number eight. Prayer is an exercise of the human spirit. And that's what we have been dealing with. It is a heightening of the senses of the inner man as you engage him in meaningful activities of the spirit man. That is prayer. So when you pray, your spirit is active. Your spirit is working and working. Your spirit is getting involved and you become more sensitive. And then it tells us here that the pastors have become British because they don't pray. This, uh, number nine, now, what is prayer? Prayer is plugging in human need to the flow of divine supply. Means that in prayer, you 
you are getting you are filling up needs with the supply of God as you pray for the ministry as you pray for the people that God has given you their needs are filled up with supply that's prayer number 10 prayer is evoking successful outcomes in different areas of life through the word means that you are using the word of God to cause and to produce success you know you're going to have a meeting you pray you want success to ensure from that meeting you've got to pray you, you want that meeting to be big and powerful you've got to pray you want finances to come for that project you've got to pray you want your life to move to a whole new level you've got to pray you've got to pray you may have people praying for that meeting but you, this this is something you can't delegate you have to pray you have a responsibility of prayer you have to pray Verse uh, uh, number 11, I keep wondering why I'm saying this. Number 11, prayer is a child's faith bringing the Father's love into manifestation. In simple terms, prayer is taking advantage of the love of God. You know, you take advantage. God loves you so much. And the Bible tells us if he loved you to, to give his son to die for you, there is nothing he cannot give you. So in prayer, you're not begging him. You are manifesting his love. You are, you are bringing that love into manifestation in that area of need bringing that love into manifestation and 12 prayer is the word of god on the lips of faith petitioning for a change you see the word of god on your lips you are bringing strong reasons you are petitioning for a change maybe there is a sister who has been proving difficult to come to church you are bringing strong reasons why do you want that sister in church why should that sister be part of your church why should that brother join your st why should they attend your meetings you bring strong reasons you tell him father you said you will give them shepherds after your own heart who will feed them with knowledge and truth and, and, and with knowledge and understanding i have knowledge i have understanding i will feed him well if you give me this member i will feed him well don't let him go to other places here i know that i can feed him you are petitioning for a change you see because if you don't do that you find that your winning souls they are being added to to the to the church but they're not being added to your church what do i mean they are joining other churches i've seen it happen many times you know uh, some people they're even thanking you thank you for leading me to the lord i'm now uh, i'm now a member of so so so's church you're like but i'm the one who warned you why did they not join you because you did not pray you did not follow up maybe you even followed up you 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 called them you visited them but their hearts were just being drawn to that church you should have petitioned you should have used god's word what did he say about a good shepherd you say father look at the way i pray for the sheep look at the way i take care i will take care of this one and god will give you that soul hallelujah god will give you that soul uh, 13 prayer is contact with god vital contact for vital impact meaning that every time you pray you you are getting a rub off of god god is manifesting in your flesh and that's why you will read about Jesus praying on the Mount of Transfiguration in, in Matthew 17. The Bible tells us that the Peter, James, and John had a vision, meaning that what they were seeing was something that was happening in the spirit. They saw Jesus transfigured. It was not something they, they, they simply saw with their physical eyes. They said they had a vision, you know. Um, if you look at it, Matthew 17, let's just verify scripture all right matthew 17 
vital contact for vital impact Matthew 17 and then the the Bible tells us we're going to read mm, we're going to read verse 9 verse 9 it says and as they came down from the mountain Jesus Jesus charged them saying tell the vision to no man have you seen that Matthew 17 verse 9 showing us that all the things that happened now from verse 1 what happened in verse 1 after six days Jesus taketh Peter James and John his brother and bringing them up into an high mountain apart and was transfigured before them and his face did shine as the sun and his raiment was with white as the light and behold he appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with them so when we read now verse nine it tells us all this was a vision they all saw the same vision they saw the same vision and my point was this my point is that they were given the ability to see what happens when we pray we are transfigured you know there is no glory that shines the more a person prays the more they glow in the spirit the more their their glory shines and you know, Isaiah gave us a secret to winning crowds, to winning people. He tells us that when the glory of God is seen on us, the, the Gentiles will come to us. Oh, you've got to get that. So uh, let me get this to you now. From Matthew 17, you learn that you increase the glory of God on your life through prayer. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and then you you read verse 18 he says as we beholding as in the glass the glory of god has changed into the same image it shows us that you increase god's glory in your life through the word of god and then the same thing is communicated in romans chapter 12 verse 2 be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind meaning that when you pray you are transformed when you meditate on the word of God, you are transformed. There is no glory that is seen. There is no glory. You are glowing. That is why it's vital for the minister to be prayerful. Now, I said something that the more a minister prays, the more a minister spends time in the word of God, the more he can attract people, attract crowds, you know, and attract resources even for the ministry. Let's go to the book of Isaiah now. Isaiah chapter 60. Look at Isaiah 60 and verse 1. He says, Arise. Then it tells you something shine. That means when you arise, you will shine. Notice he does not say arise and shine. Because that would mean two different things. It means arise, that's the first thing. Then it means after you have risen, shine. But he says arise, shine. That means when you rise, you shine. It means that it's not possible for you to rise without you shining. Okay, then he goes on, why should you shine? He says, for thy light has come. And the Spirit of God told us about that earlier. So he tells you to shine because your light has come. And then he goes on, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Why are you rising? When that glory is risen on you, on you, you cannot but rise. And when, when you rise, you shine. Look at verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the world, the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. 
So it tells you that your light has come, the glory of God is risen upon you, and then it says the Lord shall arise upon you. Meaning that when you're dealing with the glory of God, you're dealing with the manifestation of God himself. I want you to notice the connection. He says the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And then the, the last part of verse 2, he says, for the Lord shall arise upon thee. He says, but the Lord shall arise upon you. Meaning that the glory of God is a manifestation of God in his um, splendor, in his, in, in, in his I, I cannot use the word glory, in his um, power, in his mercy, in his grace. That is why when Moses said, show me your glory, God showed Moses and proclaimed his name. He said, I am I'm gracious, I'm merciful, all those things. The manifestation of God. So it says that arise shine for your light has come. The glory of God is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Now, the glory of God is, is spiritual. You see, of course, there are times when people can have a vision of that glory. They get to see it like see it and sometimes the vision can be so strong that it can even be captured on on uh, phone and, and cameras but the glory is is spiritual meaning that the people will be able to see god's glory they can actually see it's what draws them to you it's what draws the people to you look at verse three and the gentiles shall come to what to thy light meaning that the more the more light shines the more you shine and i told you you shine through prayer and you shine through the word of god the more you shine the more they come the more you shine the more they come then it says kings to the brightness of thy rising and it also means that the more the more you spend time in the word the more you spend time in, in prayer the more you rise all right the more you rise look at verse 4 lift up thine eyes round about and see all they gather themselves together they come to thee. Look at that. It tells you that people are gathering. They are, you can imagine them getting on buses. You can imagine them, you know, getting on ships, getting on planes, coming to you. It says, behold, they gather together. That means they're organizing themselves. Let's go for that meeting. Let's go and see that man of God. Let's go see that woman of God. Let's go listen to that sister. Let's go listen to that brother. Why? Because of the way you're glowing in the spirit. You glow through prayer. You glow through the word of God. Oh, hallelujah to you. Glory to his name forever. It says, they come to thee, thy sons. You notice he already calls them sons. They are the sons of the ministry. It says, thy sons shall come from far. Meaning they are able to see this glory from far. Because it tells you that they are coming because of the glory they have seen. It says, they shall come from far. And thy daughters shall be nest at thy side. Oh, hallelujah. The sons and daughters of the ministry are coming. I keep growing in the word. I keep growing in, in prayer. I keep praying. And the more I pray, the more I glow. The more I study the word of God, meditate on the word of God, look, behold, I am changed into the same image. Oh, glory to his name. Look at verse 6. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. Camels? He's dealing with provisions now. He's dealing with provisions. He says, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! They shall bring gold and incense. They are coming. There is money that is coming. 
see uh, you find that money just keeps coming to you not because that you you are commanding it no it's because of the time you are spending in the world the time you're spending in prayer the glory of god attracts money the glory of god you know it attracts gold it attracts gold that is why um, one of the manifestations that you may get as you spend time in the word of god and prayer is god dust is because the glory of god attracts gold you, you, you get the idea that's why in heaven the streets are made of gold so the more you pray you find that money is just coming to you look at this he says they come they come hmm? <laughs> they come he says they bring gold and incense they shall for they shall show forth the praises of the lord they are coming to praise god yes they are coming sick but they will praise god because they will receive healing they are coming broke yes they will praise god because they will receive prosperity they are coming as sinners but they will praise god because they will receive salvation now look at verse 7 all the flocks of kedah shall be gathered together unto thee he's dealing with provisions now he says they will come they will be gathered together unto you and the rams of neboeth shall minister unto thee do you have needs as a minister he says all this shall be taken care of as you manifest that glory as you glow in the spirit he says they shall come with acceptance on my altar and i will glorify the house of my glory that means the house of god will be beautified there'll be more than enough finances for that decor more than enough finances for the beauty he said god will glorify it because the house of god the house of his glory that means this is where the glory of god stays he says, I will glorify the house of my glory. Hallelujah. Beautify the house of God. You're saying, Pastor, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm not a pastor. I'm just pastoring or leading an SD. I don't like where we are meeting from. I don't like the, the environment. It's not good. Keep glowing, glowing through prayer, glowing through the word of God. He will glorify that house. He will beautify it. You'll find that there are resources for you to put up, to put up a proper decor, to put up a good, uh, good peer system, to put up a good, you know, you, you are working on uh, excellency. You have chairs now. It's not possible to glow through the word of God and through prayer and not grow in ministry and not grow in life it's not possible for you to glow in the spirit and not grow in life oh bless blessed be the name of the lord now look at verse 8 who are these that fly as a cloud as the doves to their windows surely the ayos shall wait for me and the ships of tashi's face to bring thy sons so in verse 8, he talks about planes, just in case he didn't get that. They are coming by plane. <laughs> and then in verse 8, the 9, he says they are coming by ship. So you see people coming to listen to you. They are coming by planes. They are coming by ship. They are coming by bus. They are coming because of the glory of God. Because of the glory of God. So he says they, they will bring your sons from far. They are silver and they are God with them unto the name of the Lord thy God and to the Holy One of Israel because he has glorified thee. Have you seen why they are coming? Have you seen why they are bringing God? There are some ministers who say, Me, I never receive any money. I never receive. He says, Because I've glorified thee. That's why it will come. And then verse 10 says, And the sons of strangers. 
meaning those who will not even join you, those who are saying, ah, with me, I just want to be blessed by you, but I don't want to be part of you. He says, the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. You see, they will partner with you. They will start sowing their seeds, sending money. <laughs> I may not be part of you, but I want to put up something for you. you know. And then he says, their kings shall minister unto thee. Oh, glory to God. Officials begin to minister to you. They say, I, I, I was just thinking about you, man of God, woman of God. Here is something for you. Why? Because God has glorified you. Because of the glory of God. Oh, glory to God. For, it says, for in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Look at verse 11. Therefore thy gates shall be opened continually. Why are your gates open continually? Because of the glory of God. That's what we are reading from verse 1. That's the context. It says, your gates shall be opened continually. Why? They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles. That means the wealth of the Gentiles. Hi, and that their kings may be brought. Their influencers, it says that they may be brought. Then verse 12 says, For the nation and kingdom that will not save thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. And then he goes on and tells us more. But my point was to show you that the more you glow is the more you grow. The more you glow, and how do you glow? How do you glow? You glow through prayer. Jesus Christ, the Bible says he was transfigured. He was metamorphosed as he prayed. And then Paul tells us, be ye transformed, be ye metamorphosed, how through the renewing of your mind. He says, as we look, we are transformed, metamorphosed. That's the same word, into the same image from glory to glory. So we've established that you glow through through the word of God and you glow through prayer. That's why you can't find any minister who is glowing, pastoring a small church. It's not possible. Leading a small team, you may be an HOD. You say, in my department, we are only three. You're only three. I'll tell you why you are three. I'll tell you why you're three. You're not glowing. You're not glowing. That's why you're not growing. It's because you're not glowing. When you glow, you will grow. <laughs> when you glow, you will grow. You need to start glowing. Start glowing. You know, get more fire. <laughs> Shine brighter. They'll come to you. They'll come. They'll come. You see, a lot of people depend on their eloquence. You know, ah, even though I speak so well, people don't want to listen. Even though, even though. Mm -mm. When they see the glory of God, they will come. When they see that glory on you, they will come. They will come. The Bible taught us they will come via praying. It says they will come via ships. They will come. By all means, they will come. They will hear about you from afar. They will come. Now, why am I speaking like this, ministering like this? Because I'm aware that some of you don't even have a position in, in the ministry you are in. Why am I talking like this? It's because you are growing. You see, you're not going to remain where you are for a long time. You are rising. You are rising. That's why I'm ministering like this. That's why I'm calling you pastors, leaders. That's what you are. You are a minister. You are rising, you see. And then when you understand this, you understand that ministry is easy, all right? Uh, number 14, what is prayer? Prayer is making a demand on God's ability through faith in his word. Means that you, you are working the word. Same thing we've been talking about. 15, prayer is bringing God into your situation. You see, uh, uh, 
and, and we've talked about that. 16, prayer is a mentorship class with the Holy Spirit. Oh, we discussed that. He said, who will I teach knowledge? Who will I make to understand doctrine? He says, those who have been weaned from, from milk, okay, and have been drawn from the breast. Those are the ones he will teach. So you've got to grow. And then 17, prayer is working miracles through God's word and his spirit. Every time you pray, you're working a miracle. That's what you're doing. And ministry and miracles go together. You can't have a successful ministry without miracles. And when you pray, you are bringing miracles. You are manifesting miracles. You are working miracles. That's why I'm teaching you how to pray correctly. You pray the word. You decree the word. You, you have time to talk to the Lord through his word. You bring God's word to God's remembrance. And by that, I don't mean, oh, God, remember. Oh, God, remember. No, I mean you tell him, God, you are faithful. God, you are powerful. You have made me more than conquerors. You have made me a winner. My ministry is growing because I am glowing. You see, that's what you're doing. 18, prayer is filling and cashing in the blank check Jesus signed and gave to us. Are you aware that there is a blank check? Jesus signed it already. He said, whatsoever you shall ask my Father in my name, that will he give to you. That was a blank check. So through prayer, you fill it in. You ask, what do you want? What do you want to see? How do you want this work to grow? How do you want your life to be by this time next year? How would you want your life to be by this time next week? You see, you, you fill in and cash in that blank check. Number 19, prayer is being active in the throne of grace. So what are you doing in the throne of grace? You're obtaining mercy for yourself and for others. You know, there are times when you are pastoring, you are, you are leading, and then some of your people have made a mistake, and they find it so difficult to move on because of the mistake they have made. You obtain mercy for them. You obtain mercy for them. You say, Father, I obtain mercy for so-and-so. His sins are forgiven. You find that they will be so easily released from that sense of condemnation. And then you talk to them. You tell them, I prayed for you. So you remember what John said. He said, if you see a brother commit a sin which is not unto death, you can pray for him and restore such a one. So there is such a thing as restoring people through prayer. They have made mistakes. You pray for them. Praise God. You pray for them. Let's read that scripture. First John. All right. First John. I'm aware that you are learning a lot of things and it makes me glad. I'm so excited. First John chapter 5 verse 16. First John 5 verse 16. He says, if any man see his brother sin as sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life. For them that sin not unto death. Have you seen that? You pray for him and give him life. That means that you, you take away the condemnation. You pray. You can actually do that. One of the reasons some of the people that are under you are not working is because of sin consciousness and condemnation. That's why. Every time they want to save God, the devil reminds them of what they did. The devil reminds them. So you pray for these ones. He says, if you see a brother sin a sin which is not unto death. He shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. And then John tells us there is a sin unto death. I did not say that he shall pray for it. So he tells you that uh, <laughs> there is a sin that a person may commit. 
and that one is unto death. That means you can't pray for that one. Uh, that's in Jesus talked about in Matthew 12. He, he, he called it the blasphemy of the Spirit of God. And then in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, uh, the author of Hebrews talk about it again. This time he calls it apostasy, meaning that the person abandons the faith. Blasphemy. Now, don't don't worry. Nobody who is in the word of God and is in prayer can blaspheme against the Spirit of God. Blasphemy is a willful act. It means that uh, you know that this is the work of the Spirit, but then you, you say it is the work of devils. You are actually blaspheming against the Spirit of God. And then he tells us that there is no forgiveness for such people. Just for the records, let me read it for you. I don't want you to um, not have light on this issue. The book of Matthew chapter 12. He says now in verse 32, Maybe we start from verse 31, Matthew chapter 12, verse 31. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. That is the sin unto death. You see that? It's a sin against the Holy Spirit. Verse 32. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. That's what he said. And when you remember Ananias and Sapphira, Peter says that they lied against the Holy Spirit. That's why they died. Because they committed a sin unto death. So sometimes the death may be sudden. At other times... It's just spiritual death. All right? So you don't need to be afraid that you can commit such a sin. Now, let's go to Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6. I did mention Hebrews 6. Let's read it. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to read verse 4. Hebrews 6 verse 4. He says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened. Now, notice he said, this guy was enlightened. He came to know the truth, you know. And I've tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. This person was enlightened. He knew the word of God, you know. He partook of the heavenly gift, salvation he received, you know, the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, and I've tested the good word of God. I love the way he calls it. They call the word of God the good word of God. He has tested it. Not only that, also the powers of the world to come. He has tested the powers of the world to come. He has seen miracles, manifestations, all these things. Verse 6, he says, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. All right, so that's the second sin there, which is unto death. It's called apostasy. That is abandoning the faith. It's the same one he mentions in Hebrews 10. Can we read Hebrews chapter 10? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. It says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, it says, There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. 
but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation we shall devour the adversaries verse 28 he that despised moses law died without mercy under two or three witnesses of much more sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the son of god have you seen that he has trodden underfoot the son of god and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing you know and has done despite unto the spirit of grace he says for we know him that has said vengeance belongeth unto me i will recompense the lord again and again the lord shall judge his people so this is a person who knows that Jesus is the way he knows, but then he abandons the faith. And when you look at it in context, he was dealing with the Jews at this particular time because they were abandoning Christianity, going back to Judaism. So he's telling them that they were doing despite to the spirit of grace. And because of that, there was no forgiveness for them. He said it's impossible for them to be reconciled, to be brought back. But I brought you to all this because John said that when you see a brother sin a sin that is unto death, you can pray for him and give him life. So I said, you need to learn to pray for your members, especially those that have made mistakes. Because as you are raising people, you're going to see that they will make mistakes from time to time. Because they are learning, they are learning, just like a baby learning to walk. You see, the baby is learning to walk. They may fall from time to time. Uh, so you, you've got to help them. You've got to restore them. It says, you who are spiritual, restore those that are weak among you. So that's very vital. What is prayer? I'm sure you're surprised that you can get all this from one grace and truth. I didn't even get into the real message for today. I think I'll get into it tomorrow. What is prayer? 20. Prayer is changing your present and flaming your future with the realm of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh boy, I can spend the whole year just teaching on point 20 there. 21. Prayer is a partnership. God working with us in meeting our needs and us working with him in meeting the needs of his kingdom and of the world. That means here we're dealing with intercession. You are praying for other people. So you are meeting the needs of the world. You've got to pray for the church. See, 22, prayer is a business meeting with God. So you're discussing kingdom business. How are we going to win souls? What are we going to do? What did I not do right? 23, prayer is walking and working with God. You walk with him in communion and worship, and you work with him in making intercessions for others. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So this is where I end today. I'm going to give you now some few minutes to share what you have learned. Anyone who would love to share, speak something, ask a question. Maybe there's somewhere you did not understand, and then we can end today's class. You can just unmute yourself and then say something. Anyone? I have five minutes before this class can end. Hallelujah. Pastor Abraham, can I get Pastor Abraham? We have Pastor Abraham in this class.
anyone anyone I need to get some form of feedback okay Dickness Janet yes please thank you so much you're most welcome Isaiah mm -hmm. said, as soon as Zion traveled, you know, she brought forth her children. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dickness Janet. Who, who else wants to pass their comment? I can get one more person before I can close and end this class. Anyone? Yes, Dickness Kara. You're welcome. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Let me allow Pastor Abraham to say something. He's raising his hand. Yes, Pastor Abraham. Pastor Abraham, I can hear you. Okay, he, he has muted himself. Wow, it's so nice to hear your voice. You're welcome. How is South Africa? Beautiful. You can go ahead and pass your comment. Yeah, it, John says if they have not seen the sin unto death, you can actually pray for them and give them life. Father, thank you for this class. I pray for everyone. I bless them. I thank you for the things they have learned today. We have shared so much. I pray that they will put everything they have learned to work in Jesus' name. I know that as they glow, they grow and there is increase in their lives and in everything that concerns them. 
Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory.